Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be looking into how to manifest your divinity into embodied life through the expression of value. Each of us is a piece of divinity. Every single person on this planet is a unique spiritual being manifesting their part of this interconnected universe. It doesn't matter if they know it or not. It doesn't require enlightenment or consciousness or will. If it did, then babies wouldn't come into this world filled with grace and trailing clouds of glory. Their status would start at zero, as lumps of coal, and they would develop into diamonds or not at the end of life. Instead, they start with a clean slate, with a full palette of materials to work with for manifesting a life into this tapestry of becoming. Childhood is a time for each soul to manifest itself, focusing on growing the body, settling the soul into the body, and learning how to navigate in the world. During childhood, we remember we can manifest things while relearning how this body and life will equip us for doing so. We don't start truly manifesting into the world, with some very specific exceptions, until puberty. Beginning in puberty, we manifest ourselves, our desires, our creativity into the world by moving Akashic or Prana energy through our body from the top of our head downwards. We move the energy through ourselves via the sephirot and chakras, transmuting, molding, and forming this raw material into actions, choices, and physical items. From the entry point of Keter, or 7th chakra, to Tiferet, chakra 3, this energy is about internal aspects, thoughts, emotions, choices, decisions, commitment, and negation. Moving downward from Tiferet, the energy begins to become consequential in the world. It enters us into direct connection. It becomes a question of value. As every artist comes to understand, everything we create is imbued with our own nature. We express through our perspective, with our understanding, feeling, and knowingness about the object, ourselves, and the world around us. This is not a feeling, but a feature. We manifest the world through our bodies, through our essential selves. Therefore, the first step towards external manifestation is intimate. Each of us has experienced the rawness of this in puberty. Our teenage years are our first foray into manifestation. We think of it as growing into autonomy, our first taste of freedom, the struggle to fit in and or belong, the longing to be independent and yet to find our place. We seek to find at least one other who sees us. We seek to move beyond our own knowing of ourselves, which we have achieved in Tiferet, by moving outward to Yezod. We desire to connect with the other and therefore experience that part of ourselves 
which influences the world. We look to provide the mirror another will use to see themselves as we see them. Of course, this desire doesn't end in puberty. We continue it throughout our lives not because we're on some never-ending journey to achieve some unachievable goal, but because intimate connection is a required step for manifesting anything and everything into embodied life. Therefore, it behooves us to come into healthy relationship with, well, relationship, starting with ourselves. One of the fundamental issues people have with manifestation is that at this turning point, at the moment when they need to move things from inside of themselves to outside, thereby becoming vulnerable and yet most present, they relinquish their power and give up on active participation. This can be seen most clearly in the areas of money and intimate partnerships. For some reason, with all of our problem-solving, get-it-done, amazing ability to navigate a complicated world, we become completely passive when it comes to these two facets of our lives. It's as if we think the world has set up an Easter egg hunt for us, with the key to our financial and personal happiness hidden somewhere in the world. Therefore, if we haven't found it, we haven't looked hard enough, and obviously not in the right areas. So we just need to get more clues or be pointed in the right direction. Some people find a version of what they thought they wanted and settle into it as good enough and then look for the lesson in what they've settled for. What people fail to understand is we are the universe. All of us are individual players in this divine symphony of life, and to manifest requires intimate interconnection. So whether we are actively or passively, we are connecting. This connection is reflected back to us directly from puberty onwards. And what it is reflecting is not our worth, but how we are valuing. Relationships reflect not only how we value others, but most clearly how we value ourselves. In the romantic times of a relationship, both partners are overvaluing each other wildly and ecstatically, which is delightful and yet cannot be indefinitely sustained. It allows us to overcome the barriers we have to being vulnerable, to being seen, and allows us to connect deeply. Once this phase is complete, a healthy couple will begin to value each other and themselves equally, and thereby build a life together, which includes active valuing as one of its components. This is what people seek in having open and authentic communication, the ability to nurture and be nurtured while growing and becoming as individuals and a couple. A relationship with unequal valuing will need work and concentrated effort on both sides to resolve the issue, or it will quickly become unhealthy. Both unhealthy and healthy relationships hold mirrors up to us, so we can see ourselves clearly. What we do with the information makes the difference, and as always, not choosing is a choice.
many relationships are unhealthy from the start, because they are not true relationships, but a means to resolve valuing issues. I think of this as bandaging. A person with self-valuing issues can feel as if all of these feelings of loneliness, of low self-esteem, of worthlessness and aimlessness would be resolved if they just had a partner. If they could just find the one or their soulmate, then everything they are feeling will go away, all of their problems will be resolved, and they can live happily ever after. To this end, they search for someone who will be the perfect match. By this, they mean to find not a person, but a bandage. Someone who will fill the wound, stop the bleeding, and take care of the needs they are unable or unwilling to do for themselves. Unfortunately, this means they are looking not for a person, but a resource. They are looking for the necessary attributes which fit their needs, ignoring any which seem unimportant or irrelevant. They don't see or even care to know the real person. They then enter into a relationship, and after the romance period, they find what they have is not just a bandage, but a whole person, one who, more than likely, has sought them out as a bandage for issues of their own. In mirroring each other, the resolution becomes the problem. The relationship founders, as two wounded people who are unable to see the other, demand to have their needs met while refusing or unable to meet the needs of their partner. Issues become irreconcilable and the relationship eventually ends. That we have valued ourselves so little manifests itself into the world in ways which not only devalue us, but the other. How we value is also seen in finances. People are taught that money is somehow not spiritual or connected with spirituality, and yet money is the language we use to value things. CEOs fighting over one extra million in golden parachute funds or more stock options may be doing so for greed, but underlying this is the question of value. Rightly or wrongly, they believe they are being undervalued and deserve more. The same argument underlies the struggles for appropriate minimum wages and services for the unemployed or those living in poverty. The issue is not truly money, although we structure the discussion in terms of finances. In reality, what is being discussed is value. What is the value of a life and human dignity? Our interaction with finances is not a simple thing. It is a co-creation with the world around us. But it is also a direct reflection of how we value ourselves. People spend emotionally in order to make themselves feel better, knowing they will feel worse afterwards. What they know instinctively is they are reinforcing the way in which they value themselves and their current connections with the world. Finances are where others' opinions concerning us, our capabilities, and our future intersect with our active manifestation processes. We struggle in a web of what others think we should do and be, with how others have told us the world works, of our experiences and our opinion of our prospects, 
creating them into a web through which all of our efforts are guided and filtered. This creates a self-fulfilling prophecy from which we futilely seek release or escape. Luckily, we have the ability to change this in every moment of every day. As we are constantly manifesting ourselves into the world, we can choose to do so differently. All of these relationship experiences and financial interactions give us an abundance of information, of reflections in which to see what direction to head next. In fact, most people already know the steps to take in order to make changes. Long before we act, we know a relationship needs to change or end, that a way in which we seek relationships isn't working, and the better way to do it is right over there. We know what is holding us back from opportunities to improve our financial situation in the short, middle, and long term. Finding the answers is rarely ever the problem. Valuing ourselves enough to act on them usually is. For those who struggle with figuring where or how to start, I suggest using strategies you already know well. Treat yourself the way you would treat someone you love. Treat yourself tenderly. Surprise yourself with the treat of paying off a bit of your debt. Write a love letter to yourself by putting aside money in your savings account. Advocate for yourself in an area where you're being undervalued in your relationship. Say no when you always say yes. Look at your relationship with an eye to value and equality. Pick an area where things are unequal and tip the scales. Begin to work towards financial independence because you deserve it. Look at the foundation of your relationship, and if it doesn't support you, stop struggling to keep the structure together. In valuing yourself, you not only show others how to value you, but you manifest this value into the world. Manifesting your divine self into the world is a blessing for all of us. In this interconnected universe, no one else is or can be you. We are better for you being here and for what you bring into being. What will you manifest next? And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be delving into the sacred practice of I am. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to rate it five stars on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.